excited about what I'm going to share with you. I know it's a very simple thought, but I feel it's something that so we all have needed and maybe been experienced and will experience. So this morning I'm going to talk about come and be blessed. Let me repeat that. Come and be blessed. You know, folks, you have been called to inherit a blessing. God has called you for good. God has called you into life, everlasting and abundant life. The Christian life is the best way to live. Not church life necessarily because it has the human. I'm talking about his life. God's life. And God wants us to live in that life of victory and to live it well and to receive his blessing. So, as I said, my message is entitled, Come and Be Blessed. I'd like to start in the book of Hebrews, if you'll turn with me. Hebrews chapter 11. It's the faith chapter. And I want to read with you verse 6. If you don't have your Bible, um, the verses will be up on the screen. But let's he read Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. All right, would you read it with me? It says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe see he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You see here it says, without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. And so here it talks about faith bringing us to God, and we come to God by faith. How many know we're saved by grace through faith? We don't get saved by works. We don't get saved by our own effort. We get saved because of Jesus Christ who paid the atoning price and sacrificed his life to pay for our sins. That's redemption. Folks, I want to tell you, your sins have been paid for. Your sins have been, the forgiveness of your sins has been purchased. All you have to do is come to Jesus. It's already in Christ. We're not saved by works, it says, but by grace through faith. In what faith? Faith in the finished work. It says we are justified now freely by his blood. I remember I went to church for years. I was striving to know him, always striving to please him. And it doesn't work that way. It's not that we love God, but he first loved us. And gave himself for us. He made the difference. He paid the price. So the Christian life is Christ within the hope of glory. Oh, thank God. Let's thank him that he, is, he means our life. He is our glory. And he's begun a good work in every one of us. And he means to perfect it. And you know what I find out about God? I'm not even preaching my sermon yet. You know what I found out about God? God loves us and wants to bless us more than we want to be blessed. Sometimes we come to him faltering and we come to him kind of unbelieving and because we see our own inadequacies and maybe our own faults and we get condemned and we don't feel worthy. Folks, we were never worthy. Let me encourage you, no one is found worthy. The heavens looked down upon the earth and none was found worthy. But then heaven declared, but wait, the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. 
as a lion, as a lamb that had been slain. And he took the book and he opened up that redemption. And whosoever will may come. We are not worthy. But God through his great love and gift has made you worthy. And now he wants to bless you to prove his glory. Hallelujah. He that comes to God must believe that God is. Who is God? He's everything you need him to be. Hallelujah. When you're sick, he's your healer. When you're lost, he was your savior. He sets us free. He's everything we trust him to be. And he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I'd like to also quote, we've already prayed this, and the path of the just shines more and more. I want to speak to some of you who feel like you're getting a little older. You don't just get old. You don't get old in Christ. You get more shiny. Yes, it works that way. You get more like him. And he's more precious to you as you walk with him day by day. And so that's a very wonderful verse. I want to give you two illustrations in the Bible this morning of people who came to him and inherited a blessing. I want you to turn with me to a passage of scripture in Mark chapter 5. And in Mark chapter 5 we have a story I'm sure that we're all familiar with in many ways. But it's a wonderful story and it's the story of the woman who had the issue of blood. It's in Mark 5. I'm going to begin reading with verse 25, and it says, And there was a certain woman which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather worse. But I want to skip down to verse 28, then I'm going to go back to 27. It says, But she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And so here, she was coming to Jesus for help. She was coming, and we're going to see how she was blessed. But she came in faith. She said, if I will touch him, I will be whole. Now the story is interesting. Because Jesus, after she's healed, he says, who touched me? And the disciples said, Lord, why do you say who touched me? The group is thronging around you. Many are touching you. Jostled back and forth. He said, no one, someone touched me. You see, he that comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder. So although there were many touching him, there was only one who touched him by faith. She said, if I'll just touch the hem of his garment. So, you know, she had an issue of blood. By the Mosaic law, she shouldn't have been out in public. She shouldn't be touching others. How many know God loves the outcast? How many goes, God goes beyond the law into mercy? And so this woman, she snuck in and she pushed herself through the crowd. And, and it says here when she heard of Jesus, she came behind him in the press and she touched his garment. And immediately, straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she had been healed of her plague. And then Jesus turned and said, someone touched me. Oh, they all touched him as they said. 
But Jesus felt that faith. You see, faith releases his blessing because without faith it is impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him. Folks, the more God does, the lower we should get. I hate to say it, but even ministry, sometimes when God begins to bless, we get a little exalted. I've been praying, Lord, the more you do here, the lower we get. Because without him, we can do nothing. And this woman did the right thing. She got down. And she bowed before him. She fell before him. And he said, daughter, thy faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be healed of your plague. Thank God. She came and she was blessed, wasn't she? She won't stand. And you know, faith will make us to press. If you really believe God, you won't stand on the sideline and watch and hope. You'll seek him. It says they that have faith... Seek him. And seeking him is faith. Because you won't come to him unless you believe. You won't come to God unless you have faith in God. And so as we have faith, we come. And as we come in faith, we are blessed. I want to just share with you another story. It's in Luke chapter 15. I love this story. I feel I find myself here. How about you? Maybe not every detail, but certainly some similarities it's in Luke chapter 15 and beginning with verse uh, 12, actually 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of my goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Now the Bible says that it's not wise for a child to get his inheritance too early. Just a little something you want to really, really consider. I Sometimes I see this bumper sticker that I am spending my kid's inheritance. I don't know if you like that. Maybe not. No, I don't like that either. But you know, it's a good thing. And this child, he just wanted to go his way. He wasn't ready for it. You know, folks, as parents, you got to know what your child is ready for. Now, I don't blame this father. And of course, it tells parables. So, uh, you know, it wasn't exactly. It was a story Jesus tells. But I really think that we have to guide our children. Unfortunately, this man gave everything to this son. And he just went his way. And it says it's this. And not many days after, the young son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. You can imagine what that was. He had many friends while that money lasted, but then that money came to an end. And it says, when he had spent all, there arose a famine in the land and he began to be in want. And he went and he joined himself to a, a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed the swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat. And no man gave him, gave unto him. It's amazing how the crowd will be with us when everything's going well and you have a lot to give. But he came to the place he had nothing. And he had left the splendors of his dad's house and all the care and all the provision and all the love. Maybe we all find ourselves a little bit there, but this is the thing that I like so much. Verse 17, look at it. It says, and when he came to himself. Oh, what a wonderful, 
flippy it is to come to yourself. What a wonderful thing to find out that this world doesn't have anything and the things of this world do not satisfy. How many believe me today that being a drunk does not satisfy? Living on syringe and being addicted and driven by these demonic forces of drugs does not satisfy. We see as we look at Hollywood and the fame and the fortune and the wealth, it does not satisfy. And so this young man, he spent all his money. It tells us in some detail that he spent his money in very unclean ways. He just went out living riotously, just partying, reveling the whole schmear. And then when he found out that it just came to an end, and there he's feeding the pigs and no man helps him, he came to himself. Sometimes it's a hard place to come to. But thank God it's the beginning of a journey home. Not only did he came to himself, but he began to come back to the Father's house. I want to say to you today, God is inviting everyone to come back to the Father's house. Anyone who has not really come, God wants you to come today. And all of us that maybe have something that maybe we've been just battling with, God wants you to come today and get your victory. And so he starts to go to money back home. He says this in verse 18, I will arise and I will go to my father. And I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And so he came home, he turned, he was coming to be blessed. But he didn't think he could have the full thing. He thought that, well, he just could be a servant. Well, it would be better to work in the father's house and to work a normal life and get some money. But he didn't think he could ever be restored again. I remember years ago, I heard a bad sermon. It's connected with my point today. This person was a preacher. He preached about how God's work in your life is like a door. And every time you sin, God takes a nail and he puts that nail in the door. And when you come to Jesus, Jesus takes out the nails in the door. But the door is still full of holes. I've always kind of had my own mind. I said in my heart, I think Jesus gives you a new door. <laughs> I don't think he can you away with a bunch of holes. My Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All old things are passed away. All things have become new. He doesn't condemn you. He forgives your sins as far as the east and the west. They're gone forever. And you're a new creature in Christ Jesus to live a new life in the glory of God. He doesn't want you to hang on to the old. He doesn't want you to be guilty about the old. He bore the old. Holes in the door. Watch out for these preachers. For the rest of your life, you're holy. No. So I want to tell you the victory in this story. And he arose and he came to his father. Come and be blessed. You can't be blessed unless you come. You come to church to meet Jesus. We come to Jesus. 
He's the one we have to come to. And so this young man, it says, he started his journey. He arose and he began to come to his father. And remember, his faith wasn't perfect. How many know since you've been saved for a while that your faith wasn't perfect when you began? You know, you might have thought it was just forgiveness of sins or, you know, you didn't really understand the fullness of the blessing. You had a little expectation. But, oh, God does exceeding abundant above all that we can ask or think. He changes us from the top to the bottom and the inside out. He makes all things new. And this young man is going to find a wonderful experience as he's coming home. And he's thinking, I'm just going to be a servant. You know, I'll have the lowest of jobs, but that's okay. At least I'll be warm and I'll have some food. And as he's coming, all of a sudden he looks up the road and he sees his father running toward him. The father was waiting for him. You see, we're not seeking him. He's seeking us. He gets, he awakens us, even though the awakening is a work of the Holy Spirit, but he's running, the Father's running, he's coming to him. And oh, what a meeting that must have been. How surprised that son must have been. And he arose and he came to his father, but when he was a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. He was expecting a rebuke. He was expecting Go to my servant. Get the lowest of the jobs. But here the father comes and he wraps his arms around him and he kisses him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. And I am no worthy to be called thy son. This is true. But how many knows that God's mercy goes beyond justice. God's mercy covers a multitude and his love a multitude of sins. And the father said unto his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. And put the ring on his hand and the shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive. He was lost. And now he's found, and they made, and the house was filled with music and dancing. And so here we have a very, very wonderful picture. He receives this robe. He didn't get a servant's robe. He got the family robe. The family robe was a sign of belonging. We brought this out some time ago. And so right away, the father restores the son to full fellowship. And then he puts a ring on his hand. And I heard from John Gordon, I learned from my son, you know, that ring had a signet on it. And that ring was the first type of credit card in that generation. And if you had the family ring, when you'd stamp, it was paid for. Hallelujah! He belongs again. He has full privilege to the family. Family servants didn't get the sandals of the family. Only the sons and the daughters got the family sandals. He was walking in a new way. He had privileges that were full. He was fully restored. I want to tell you today, when you come back to Jesus, you are blessed in Jesus' name. He'll do exceeding abundantly for you. Don't scrabble around in the mud. Don't come back expecting to be a servant. No. Know that you are loved with a father's love way beyond any other love that you could ever experience. And God is standing at the door of your heart. He's knocking. He's saying, come home. Come back. The father's waiting for you. 
He's looking for you. He's actually running toward you. He wants to wrap his arms around you and give you full restoration, body, soul, and spirit. But the only thing God can't change, really, the only thing he can't force you to do is use your will. He's given you that privilege. You've got to be willing to come to yourself and start that journey back. As you start, the Holy Spirit will start working. It's not when you break through often, it's when you turn. When you say, God, I give over to you, God begins to draw you in of love and begins to restore. And then when you come to him, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. How many know I'm preaching truth today? Hallelujah. You got a holy door? Bring it to Lake Anna. Give it a give it. Bring it to the Spotsylvania dump. You don't have a door full of holes. You have a father who wants to give you back everything the enemy tried to steal from you. Hallelujah. And he doesn't do it because we're worthy. He does it because the Son of God purchased that every one of us have life and life more abundant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm finished. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I'm excited. Hallelujah. What do you think? Hey, I like when I preach truth. God, hallelujah. 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 I'm thinking of this man whose father never hugged him. So he's become a great father. But he told in the men's breakfast that when he got saved, he had an experience where God his father wrapped his arms around him and he was made whole. Is that the truth, brother? Amen. Where were you? We were lost. We were journeying. But we came to ourselves. And we came home. No one started really good here. Everyone has sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the grace of God is greater than all our sin. Hallelujah! He changes. He washes. He renews. And he gives us his Oh, to God be the glory. How many are thankful? Hallelujah. Now, if you need to get saved this morning, I want you to come here. But for the rest of you, I want you to fill this altar. And I want us all to praise him for who he is. The fact we've come home and he's received us. You're thankful you should come. Come on, let's go. Let's thank him and praise him. Thank you, Lord.